Well, we've been reading of the, the holiness of God's kingdom. Now, holiness is the foundation of his kingdom, but love is the heart that drives his kingdom. Whether we're thinking of the love that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have for each other, or their love for us, or the love that they shed abroad in our hearts so that we can love each other, uh, love really is the heart that should drive God's kingdom. And I want to meditate just briefly on John 13, 34 through 35, where Jesus said this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Uh, Francis Schaeffer uh, said that really should be one of the marks of the true church that they can tell, that you are my disciples if you have love uh, one for another. And it should characterize our church more and more. The more we mature in Christ, the deeper we drive ourselves into a relationship with him, uh, the more his love should be manifested in our lives to uh, each other. Now, there is a, a kind of a sappy sentimentalism out there that uh, gushes with love for unknown people. You hear radio preachers who say, I love you all. Well, I guess you could say, in a sense, the very fact that they're bringing God's word into the lives of people. There's a, there's a love that is being shown there. But uh, love really gets involved in people's lives, knows them, uh, relates to them. Uh, there's a, a saying that says, to love the whole world for me is no chore. My real problem is my neighbor next door. And uh, I think that's true. When we actually start getting to know each other and our sins begin to be revealed, that's where the true test of divine love begins to be manifested in each other's lives. And in our text here, Jesus said he wants us to love each other the same way that he has loved us. It's divine love uh, that he is uh, talking about. And actually, love is not a new commandment. Loving one another is not a new commandment. The newness of this commandment is that we love one another as I have loved you. That's what makes it new. For the first time in human history, we have a person who has perfectly loved as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit love. Well, of course, that's because it is God the Son in human form. But uh, he has very tangibly manifested this love in a way that we can imitate him. We can uh, not just have a theory. Uh, later on in John 15, he says that uh, uh, love is the keeping of his commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he uh, who loves me. And so it's a very tangible thing. But that's only one dimension of this love that God has. And if you really think of the love that we should have for one another in terms of the five languages of love, I think you get a little bit of a feel of what the Gospel of John is calling us to. Because how did Christ love his people? He was with them. Uh, he related to them. He spent quality time with them. Uh, he gave words to them, words of encouragement, words of building up. Uh, he also gave words of rebuke and reproof, and that was a loving thing that he was doing. He was sensitive to their circumstances, so that where he really chewed the Pharisees out, uh, he was much more gentle with the woman at the well, even though her sins uh, were very great and very obvious before everybody, and yet he didn't 
shunt her to the side. No, he loved her enough to reach her, to, to minister to her, uh, to her sins. And so when you think of all of the ways that Christ loved, he taught them, he fed them from the scriptures, he sacrificed for them, he washed their feet uh, and served them. That, that shows a humility in his love. Uh, he prayed for them, he spent time with them, he wept over them. And uh, he laid down his life for them. In fact, in chapter 15, he says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And we might think, there's no way I could do that. But you see, Christ indwells us. And one of the reasons when we come to the Lord's table, we're entering into covenant, we're pledging ourselves to do the impossible. But he pledges to enable us to do the impossible. It's by his indwelling power and presence that we're able to love as he did. And so that's why First John goes on to say, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And so this is one of the things, as we come to the Lord's table, I would encourage you to do is to ask God to give us his love, to shed abroad in our hearts the same kind of love that Jesus had toward his disciples. Let's pray. Father God, it is our desire to love one another as you have loved us. And as we come to this communion meal, we come with a sense of our inadequacy, uh, with a realization that our love does not always uh, abide and endure and believe all things and hope all things. It does not always have the characteristic that, that Christ's love does, but we want it to. And so we pray, Father, that as we commit ourselves to loving each other, to loving you, and even reaching out with love to a lost world, that you would shed abroad in our hearts the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and enable us to walk in the supernatural. And to that end, I pray that you would set aside these common elements to a holy use, that you would be glorified in our partaking, that you would strengthen this, your people, through this sacrament. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.